Welcome to episode 110 of the Worship Leader Toolbox, a podcast aimed at local church worship leaders and worship teams. We're thankful you're a part of our journey with us as we discuss topics for effective leadership in worship ministry. I'm here with Tim Price. How's life going, Tim? It is going great. We're in a new season of ministry, a new year. Looking forward to what's ahead and uh, had a great Christmas season. A lot of fun with family overall, and I'm grateful for God's blessing. And uh, yeah, this is the first year we've had like a college student gone and then come back to, you know, Christmas break. So that's like a month-long Christmas break, which made me wish I was in college again. Oh, man. <laughs> Just to sit around for a whole month. But also what I realized it did was it kind of stuck me in the Christmas mode from, you know, second week of December until just about now, halfway through January. So I'm, uh, I'm like recovering from Christmas in general. You just triggered a memory of my college winter experience. I did a, a, a one-month interterm between classes, or between semesters. Uh-huh. And my favorite memory was um, sledding. Uh, you know, went to Greenville College. Went sledding in the uh, in the gullies in the middle oh, of winter, yeah. in the middle of the night. Just crazy and irresponsible, but uh, it was a good time. Did a lot of sledding. That's that's definitely fun. Yeah. Well, we haven't done this in a while. What book are you currently reading, Tim? Well, a book I picked up off my shelf that was on there somehow, and I hadn't seen it in a while, was called The Titus Ten, and it's not an old book. So I'm, I must have bought it at like some sort of uh, library book sale or something, but yeah, I think it's 21 or 22. And it's basically just a book about the authentic manhood, just the foundations of being a Christian man. And it's just some great stuff. And, uh, one of the things that it talked about was how men need to hold both the plow and the spear that they are working, but they're also protecting and, uh, you know, the authority and the, the responsibility and the burden of making sure that they are holding on to both of those and not just doing one or the other and not just doing it for work alone, but to do it for your family and all that stuff. So mm-hmm. that's been pretty cool. Well, why are you, why are you just speaking? I just now texted myself that title because, um, I, I like those kind of books. It reminds me of, uh, John Eldridge's, uh, wild at heart, yeah, wild at heart. And then a, a couple of these other kind of books. I'm going to add that to my collection. It's kind of like that. And also the other thing about it is, is that, um, <coughs> it's caused me to read Titus two or three different times this last couple of weeks. Oh, nice. And I mean, it all comes from there anyway, but it is amazing. Just, you know, I guess it's redundant to say God's word is amazing, but it's amazing that so many practical little things in there. Sure. And one of the things is the call to do good. Like uh, you know, four or five different times, just in the first couple chapters, it says so that the Christians are able to do good. Like, that's just cool. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty neat. What about you? Any books you've been reading? Uh, Leanne discovered a book called Love Does by Bob Goff. She was, um, she she found that somewhere, and we both fell in love with it. And uh, I remember now, actually, um, our Uncle Lenny uh, had uh, introduced that to me, uh, just just a Facebook quote or something like that years ago. So I, I kind of remembered hearing about him years ago. But that's an amazing book, Love Does by Bob Goff, and the way his he operates his life and um, loves people and loves God and everything. And then the second book we, we just started that last week, which is called um, something like Everybody Always or whatever the sequel is to that book. Uh, really inspirational about how to um, love people that come across your path and really inspiring and whimsical. I don't like that word whimsical because it sounds like something people used 100 years ago, but mm-hmm. that's really the only way to describe this book. Yeah, I haven't read that. I did read Love Does, and I like his Facebook post. He makes a quote and then signs it BG. Nice. 
That's pretty neat. Nice. Let's get on to our podcast today. Worship leaders are helping people connect with and draw closer to God. Part of the strength in doing this is through relationships. You lead effectively, serve the church with more commitment, and grow in Christ more deeply when relationships are strong, growing, and deep. Here are five relationships that are important to your ministry. Number one, relationships with your team members. Yeah, these these five are um, a small list that, that might be helpful for the idea of serving in a church, like we just mentioned. And it also seems obvious that maybe you would just have relationships with these folks that are with you in team ministry. For some churches, that's kind of the same team every week, and that's always cool. Uh, has a lot of cool dynamics. And for other churches, it's a rotating basis, and so that adds a few challenges, but opens up for other possibilities as well. But a few of the things with this idea of relationships with your team members is that you want to know their names, and that that's obvious, but you also want to know their family names and um, have kind of some knowledge of just, you know, who they are. And you're not doing this like a salesman, like you're trying to get in and close the deal. It's more just like you really care for these people. You're inviting them to invest a significant amount of time every week to be a part of ministry or whenever it is they're on the schedule. And so as a result, you want to um, make sure that you are uh, having a relationship that's like a friend with them. And it is a friend. And um, contrary to what some people say, that you shouldn't have a lot of deep friendships in your church. There should be friendships in your church, but I also agree that it's good to have some friendships outside of your regular circles. But some of the ways that you can have these relationships is to give them access to you, to uh, let them text you and email and to be responsive in those things, and to also be with them in hearing their vision for their ministry and their life as you share yours as well. And another thing that relationships allow you to do with team members is to help challenge them grow musically, grow spiritually, and to deal with the rough waters that can come at times when things aren't going well for you or for them or, you know, whatever it is that you're going to have to say to them or do. It's going to be better in an authentic relationship than just, um, you know, willy-nilly. So When you said share your dreams and visions for the ministry um, and and listening to theirs, um, that made me think there is a whole lot of people that don't have any vision whatsoever. They are just happy to be along and they, they want to help you because they see what you're doing or maybe they just have their ability. Music happens to be their ability and they want to use it, but maybe they don't necessarily have any vision. And I think you can help them uh, develop a vision. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I mean, there I've read a book once called In Search of Timothy and it was all about how Timothy was Paul's sidekick and nice. like helper and encourager and all that stuff. And so there are some people that are never going to take the horns and say, I'm going to do this thing, or I'm going to be in charge of this. They're always going to be, thankfully, uh, they're always going to be willing to kind of humbly be the supporting role and they feel most fulfilled in that role. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, if you can share a vision with people and let them be a part of that, uh, I don't know if this guy will be listening to this podcast, but there's a guy that I work with every year for the last 12 or 15 years named Ken in Wisconsin. And he started an organ. He's a he's a go getter and a starter and a doer and a, a funder and all those things. And he started something with special needs day camp that now has been going for, um, you know, twenty years, I guess. Mm-hmm. And the very first year, he invited a church member to join him. And that church member named Bill has been at every single one of them. And and Bill is a fixer and a repairer and a creator and a builder and all these different things that he does to support it. 
but he's never sat around saying, I'm going to be the director of this thing. Mm. He just, he's there all the time. How about that? And he comes on all the stuff and it's, it's hilarious. And he's really proud to wear his t-shirts like from the first two or three years. He, nice. He only wears them that week so they stay nice. And <laughs> yeah. That's great. <laughs> anyway, it's cool. At the risk of making this podcast longer than we anticipated, um, I've got to say something to the whole um, leader and follower situation. I used to think that that it was um, you ha- you had leaders and you had followers, and and that is true in one respect. That you look at it, you take a snapshot of a church, and you've definitely got leaders and you definitely got followers. But the way I feel about it now is that um, everybody is a leader and everybody is a follower in the context that you're currently in. So I can think of times in my life where I absolutely just wanted to follow whatever this person was doing and other times where I wanted to do this project or this mission or whatever the case may be and these other people came up underneath me. Mm-hmm. Well, that didn't make me a um uh that didn't stamp me as a leader or a follower. That just happened to be what was going on at the time. And so I think we're all um called to be leaders in certain areas. And we're all absolutely called to be followers and helpers and, and sidekicks. Yep. I mean, that's what the scripture said when he said, I'm a man under authority. And so I know what it's like to give orders. I know what it's like to take orders. So I'm just trusting your word's going to do it. Amen. So that's pretty good. Number two, friendship with your church. This is the idea that you want to have connections more than just the worship team, that you want to know people in a lot of capacities in your church and all different kinds of age spectrums. I know that some churches are 40 or 50 people and you know everybody already and this isn't an issue. Other churches are 2,000 people and you'll never know every single person. But as much as possible, you want to have friendships within your church, be a part of small groups or any other serving or or ways to be connected. And some of that can come just with um, the ways that you operate on worship time slots. Like if the worship team always sort of hides out in the back, it's going to be difficult just to hang out and visit with people in the front. And so even though um, I know certain settings call for certain ways of doing things, and I've experienced a wide spectrum of that, in our particular current context, it is very uh, fun and easy to be out in the congregation leading up to the start of church time and to be down there afterwards. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of milling around, a lot of coffee and snacks. I mean, it's yeah. a lot of opportunity for that. And those friendships, those little quick conversations uh, over time just build into humongous sort of connections. So, so what you're saying is you don't have a green room. Yeah, we don't have a green room. <laughs> and if we did, I would still encourage our group to be out and amongst the people. Yeah. I think green rooms can be helpful in a lot of ways, but one downside to them is that the worship team is secluded before worship. And that's yeah. tough. Well, green rooms are great for concert, mm-hmm. not for fellowship. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's good for worship teams to get together and pray before worship, but yeah. I think they should do that way before people arrive. Mm-hmm. And at least the leader and anybody else who's gifted in hospitality and connection ought to be out there because it just builds a bigger bridge than you can really imagine. Yeah. Um, I served as a janitor at a church in Colorado years ago, and I was not very impressed with how clicky the worship team was. I, you know, being a musician, I, I just kind of wanted to you know, have conversations with them and ask them whatever. And it was, it was one of those kind of churches. I was pretty much turned off by that, hmm. that, uh, we'd have, uh, uh, staff meetings, entire staff, you know, just big, big, big church. Um, so there's 50 people on staff or whatever, but, hmm. um, it was, it was very clicky. And, uh, 
I learned a lot from that. I, I did not want to be that kind of yeah. musician. That's that's uh, easy to fall into even today because people are people, the the general church puts it on such a pedestal. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of hard to not do that. You got to kind of fight that. Yeah. So number three, connections with your pastor. We've talked about this a number of times, but the pastor worship leader role is pretty critical, really important. And if there is a riff in there somewhere, people are going to see through it. And so uh, you want to build a culture of the pastor, worship leader, and other staff having, you know, frank and fruitful conversations and disagreements. But when push comes to shove, somebody has to be the leader of the church. And worship leaders need to know that the pastor is the 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 shepherd of the congregation. And so we do our best to just, um, you know, not just grin and bear it, but to really authentically uh, step into the shoes of the pastor and to be supporting the vision and adding fuel to the momentum of a healthy and growing church. And so um, in order to have those kind of connections and relationship with your pastor, uh, it's fine to have boundaries. and it's, it's You don't have to be buddy-buddy and go to all the Cardinal games or whatever else. I mean, if that works out, it's great. But otherwise, you can have a great relationship uh, serving together in the context of your ministry. And so be praying for your pastor. Help the pastor, you know, find times to meet because pastor life is super busy. And um, that's how your relationships can grow. Mm-hmm. And and be a um, a blessing to your pastor as opposed to a burden to your pastor. Yeah, well, definitely. Yeah. I mean, if you can be thinking... Uh, yeah, probably people that are burdens to their pastors don't even realize it. <laughs> right, right. So, yeah, if you're already thinking that way, you're probably not a burden. Yeah, if you, yeah, yeah that's, that's what I was going to say. That's good. Number four, harmony in and priority of your home. All these, none of these are, are, are earth-shattering, but um, life is really a balance, and if you're going to get out of balance, do your best to make sure that it's not with your home. And so one of the most important relationships is that of your micro mission field. The people that you're closest to, they're going to see the ins and outs, the hurts and the deep stuff. But you also want to make sure that um, you prioritize the opportunity for your home to be just as fruitful and effective as your ministry. And in fact, without having that, it's going to be hard to have a fruitful ministry. So prioritize and put on a calendar family things, events, trips, experiences, whatever it is going to be, even if it's just evenings at home. And you want to uh, make sure that you are loving your home, your spouse, your kids, as much as Christ loves the church, the Ephesians 5 kind of love. So there may be somebody listening today that's kind of like, oh man, yeah, I have, uh, you know, went haywire over Christmas and now I've got to back off a little bit and do something, you know, a little more extra time at home so the balance kind of comes back together i think anybody in ministry knows that it's not going to be nine to five that's just not practical and so um, one of the best things i've learned is it's better to take action on one thing from a podcast than to not take action on five <laughs> so if you're listening through this this might be the one to take a look at your calendar and adjust something for this week mm-hmm. do something to to uh, put emphasis on your relationships at home Walmart has flowers for five bucks. I'm just, I'm just going to give you that little bit of wisdom there. Walmart flowers for five dollars. That's right. I think it'd be better off buying like a donut and a coffee. Oh yeah. Well, okay. It depends on who we're talking to. If we're talking to uh, a man or a woman, yeah. Uh, so she might appreciate a Starbucks, and he might. What would a man appreciate? Dinner. 
Well, the man might appreciate the fact that the flowers are only five bucks. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Win-win. Number five, communion with Christ. This one is one that you could put at the top of the list or you could have at the bottom of the list to, to kind of seal the deal. But your communion and growing in faith in Jesus is going to be the soul-giving one that really builds the rest of these. And so this is the foundation. So you want the deep well of, of uh, refreshment and joy and love that keeps us committed just from being connected to Christ. So don't shortchange the relationship with Jesus through prayer and his word. You want to know him more. And as we do that, as we grow in our connection to Christ, um, that's going to, it's really going to be the, the catalyst to anything else that's going to happen in life as far as uh, the, the faith of a Christian and especially a Christian serving and leading in a church. The background and the guts of leading in a church aren't always, you know, the best. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a lot, of, mm-hmm. a lot of goo you kind of have to go through at times at different seasons because there's a there's a you know a lot of things that you have to deal with um no I'm not I'm not being a downer on the church it's just that there's an aspect of business to the church and not only is there the aspect of business but there's the aspect that um you you're always limited in resources always seems like you need a little more money a little more time a little more people a little more space a little more equipment it's always something that seems like you need and if you're not grounded in um uh, you know the relationship in Jesus with the mission in front then it gets kind of tough Mm-hmm. So, Well, that's a great reminder of a pretty simple concept. What would you say for those who don't like to deal with people that much? Well, this is, um, that's a good question. And one of the things is, is that strong relationships, part of the job of a worship leader. The idea of extrovert introvert is interesting because people throw it around. It's It's definitely commonplace in our culture. Like, people and we've talked about this before i have deja vu even saying it now but there are a lot of people who really almost pride themselves on being introverted Mm -hmm. and and they they have facebook groups just dedicated to that and Mm -hmm. people who are just like going home putting their pajamas on and canceling all plans every third evening but um but relationships aren't hinged on extrovert introvert Mm -hmm. because introverts need relationships just as much and on top of that they are oftentimes better at relationships for the, the depth that goes into, um, you know, listening and asking questions and, and really kind of you know, being intentional and authentic with people as opposed to at times the extreme end of the spectrum of extroverts are like, you know, their relationships are a mile long and they're only an inch deep. They're like a spaghetti noodle. Mm-hmm. And, and that also helps grow the church. So God uses both types. But for people who might say, oh, I don't like to deal with people too much. For one, the ministry role, uh, unless you've carved out a really unique thing, is probably a little bit tough on mm-hmm. you <laughs> because at least the worship ministry role because you are around people and often in the evenings and different things like that. But um, but the one book that I've read that always has an impact on me, uh, just the title alone has an impact, and that is uh, the book was called Quiet. And it said, the tagline was, um, the power of an introvert in a world that can't stop talking. Wow. And so you really want to extend your life in relationships because the world needs you. If you don't really feel like you like people, you have to arrange your schedule so that you can recharge on your own and have quiet nights at home. But you also need to offer your life like Jesus did. And for the extrovert who sort of at times can seem self-serving, 
then you also have to do the same thing. Like mm-hmm. basically you have to offer your gifts of char- charisma or whatever it is that, that makes you that way so that it can be at times tamed, but most often just offered in a way that says I'm here to grow the church. I'm vulnerable, humble, happy to do whatever I can. And I might be loud bull in a China closet, but I'm going to be available to God's work through me. That's a much so. better answer than what I was going to give for that question. <laughs> For for uh, for people who don't like to deal with people, um, I was just going to say, get over it. <laughs> that would have made the podcast a little shorter. A little bit, a little bit. Uh, there is some truth to that, but how oh you... well, sometimes you do need people in your life to say, get over it. Yeah, and that's that's where relationships come in too. Yeah, because if somebody comes up to you and says, get over it, and you're not in relationship with them, mm-hmm. then that's annoying. Mm-hmm. But if somebody comes up and they're really connected to you and they give you you know deep seated advice like that. You might still be annoyed, but that's like brotherhood mm-hmm. and sisterhood. You're more Christian. willing to take it. Yeah. yeah. And and we need those people. If you don't have those people, you get in trouble. Yeah. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Uh, thank you, Tim, and uh, blessings on all of you. I was just going to say that for any of the listeners out there who are um, interested and haven't done this already, there is the... Uh, newer sort of resource we released last fall grow your worship ministry and it's just an online document and you can get that easily by uh, just going to our website and has a lot of practical points that's really not a long read so and the website is worshipleadertoolbox.com 